entrepreneurship isn't just, you know, hey, I own my own job, but it's like, I want to build wealth so I can give it away, but I also want to build a legacy so I can make an impact on the world. And for me, that's centered in my faith, but I always challenge entrepreneurs. It doesn't matter what you believe in. It doesn't matter what your belief system is. You have a belief system and allowing that to penetrate into your business, regardless of what belief system it is, is just going to allow your business to be that much more impactful. Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Journey Podcast, where we delve into the stories of successful entrepreneurs so you can discover what's possible. Today's guest is Samuel Hodgett. This episode is brought to you by blogsetupservices.com, which is exactly what it sounds like, a service to set up your blog for you. So if you've struggled with the technical aspects of launching a blog business, including installing WordPress, getting your hosting account up and running, getting your domain name, working with that hosting account, and getting a nice design up and running for your blog, this is the service for you. It's for all you non-techies out there. So once you sign up for your very own blog site, Setup services package, Carrie is going to become your blog mechanic. She will provide this installation and support service for you, which includes installing your blog and helping you with all aspects of setting up your domain name and your hosting account. She's also going to offer you to choose from a selection of premium themes provided by Studio Press, and you can choose which one of these you like the most. They're normally going to cost you $99.95, but they're included for free as part of the blog setup services package. So once your blog is set up and you've got that nice premium theme, Carrie's also going to install six must-have plugins so that you've got things like protection from spam, protection from hackers, you've got something to help with the, the loading time, to speed up the loading time of your blog, and a bunch of other things that are very common but important like spell checks and web forms so people can easily contact you through your blog. We're also going to throw in a second bonus. This is from me. If you choose to sign up for the Blog Setup Services package, you also get access to my blog tech 101 guide which is huge it's 128 pages that i put together specifically for my members to help with everything to do with blog technology so you've got all kinds of information there not just blog setup but you've got things like how to uh, collect emails from people how to set up product delivery sections on your blog how to create membership sites all the technical aspects of blogging are covered in there but harry will do all the basic installation for you so you've got both here you've got the knowledge on what you need to do with tech but harry's going to do the basic setup for you, all part of this package. So you're probably wondering, how much does this actually cost? Well, it's a one-time fee of just $99 for your blog to be completely set up with a nice custom premium theme, your domain name, your hosting, and those six must-have plugins, plus my free guide on the technical aspect of running a blog business. So you get all of that for $99. Just go to blogsetupservices.com to find out more and to order your blog setup package and you can turn your idea into a fully functioning website in under three days. Hello, this is Yarrow and welcome to another Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today's guest on the line with me, to put it simply, ran up to me at a conference just recently and <laughs> introduced himself and said that my work had influenced him in the past and I was really interested to learn about what he's doing currently in particular because he has a business focused on the Christian entrepreneur community, which I think is an interesting niche. I've had a few other people go through my programs who have kind of focused on you know, the Christian side of coaching something, maybe not always business, but there seems to be a 
a niche there. So I'm kind of curious how you go after that market, plus everything else that my guest has done in the past. So I'd like to introduce you to Sam Hodgett. Sam, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast. Thank you so much for the invite. So where are you calling from? You said you were with your parents. Is that also where you were brought up? Yeah, so I was born in a small town called Spooner, Wisconsin, about two hours outside of the Twin Cities in Minnesota. My wife and I currently live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, though. Okay, so you're actually in your birth house right now calling me? You said you were visiting your parents, so... That's right. Yeah, my wife's on vacation. I got the child with me, and he's a bit of a handful to manage on my own, so I decided to come visit my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Good call. All right, so before we dive into the rest of your background story, can we just maybe summarize what exactly do you currently do? Yeah, no, great question. So I am the co-founder in two businesses currently. One business is called Smart One Ninja. And, you know, we provide digital marketing services to small businesses, helping them increase their online presence, generate leads. We do provide, you know, services like content writing and blog management, website, WordPress management. But we also do email, Facebook ads. You know, we'll build out entire funnels, marketing campaigns for our clients. And then I have another business called the Christian Entrepreneur Academy, which I think you mentioned briefly earlier. And that is a community that we're building online for Christian entrepreneurs and specifically coaches, consultants, and service providers. And just providing both a community, but also coaching and educational resources to just kind of help them build and grow their businesses. Okay, so are they kind of like those two businesses very separate or are you, you know, is one really your main bread and butter or how does it work? Yeah, no, it's a good question. You know, I actually, if I may just take a step back, you know, I've been freelancing online for almost 10 years now. And the reason I ran up to you at the event a couple of weeks ago was one of the very first websites that I crossed for, you know, getting started online was your website, entrepreneurjourney.com. And I signed up for the Blog Profits Blueprint, and I was blown away. I mean, I just literally, my eyes were open to this whole new world and this whole new way of building business, of building wealth, of becoming an entrepreneur. You know, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. And so ever since that time, and even actually becoming a student in your blogging mastermind course, you know, just applying those principles, I... I was always this barefooted shoemaker, if I could put it that way. I never got my own blog up and running, but I instantly was working with other people and I really enjoyed it. You know, companies that I was working for, friends, family, churches that I was a part of, people needing help with their blogs and with their email marketing and with their websites. And so I just started freelancing for other people. So it was so difficult for me to do it for myself. I found that I enjoyed doing it for other people. And so I just started freelancing and freelancing. And then about two years ago, so end of 2015, actually, I decided to finally take it seriously and turn it into a full-time income. And so it took about a year, but literally in March of 2017, I quit my day job with a smart range of the agency. And so that is and has been my bread and butter for the past year. I have a business partner in that business and he is now full-time as well. And then Throughout the year last year, I started connecting with this guy. His name's Sean Quintero online. He had this Facebook group for Christian entrepreneurs. And, you know, my faith is a big part of my life and it's a big part of my story. And so I just connected with him. I said, hey, I love what you're doing. I love this community. I've always felt like wanting to start myself. Let me know how I can help you. 
And that led to, you know, us partnering up. And now we have a third partner in that too. So the agency has been my bread and butter. But for me, it's always been something that was going to support the next thing. And for me right now, that is the Christian Entrepreneur Academy, which has just been so much fun to get going the last uh, few months here. So Awesome. Well, I'd love to talk about both businesses a little bit more. But just before we do that. Sure. Yeah. It sounds like we've kind of got your, the last 10 years have been very focused on this sort of internet marketing world. Before all that, you said your family was entrepreneurial. So what did your parents do or any other family members? And did you have any other kind of businesses before you got online? Yeah, great question. I love it. So my dad started a machine shop when I was very young. And so I cut my teeth in the working world by sweeping the shop floor and, you know, working my way up. I started running machines, big, heavy lathe and milling machines and drill presses. And I really enjoyed it. I like getting my hands dirty, but I always felt like I wanted to do something else. You know, my aunts, uncles, grandpas, one grandpa owned auto body shop. My other grandpa owned a bowling alley. I have aunts and uncles owning all sorts of businesses. And I didn't even realize it till later in life, but I was like, wow, like that's a huge there's a huge heritage there. Right around the same time I came across your blog, I also started reading the book Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And to be honest, I'm not just saying this because I'm on your podcast, but your course and your teaching and that book, those two things really set the course for me. You know, when it comes to businesses that I've done, to be honest, like the freelancing work that I was doing was really kind of when I first started doing my own thing in business. You know, professionally, I did some sales and IT. I actually worked full time at a couple churches for a while. I actually went to school for church ministry. Well, that's where I met my wife too. And you know, I never really, as much as I felt the call to be an entrepreneur, you know, I just never had the desire to, you know, sell eggs to my neighbors when I was 12 years older. I, I don't have that story, but it was cool to see how I always recognize that heritage and that influence in my life. And even when I started freelancing, you know, I didn't feel like now is the time for me to go full time and build this huge business. But I was seeing the benefits of like, hey, I'm building this income and eventually, you know, seeing that to where I'm able to go full time. And now my wife is able to stay at home and being able to provide for my family, being able to help, you know, help out my parents in situations too. So yeah, yeah. so that's a little bit of my backstory right. too. So it, it sounds to me then before you got the entrepreneur calling, you might have had more of the, well, you were thinking at least maybe in your early 20s that your career path was actually in the ministry and in, in the faith. Was that kind of what you were thinking as a young man? Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, for much of my 20s, I had this internal struggle. I really felt like I was supposed to work at a church, like vocational, you know, nine to five, 40 hours a week. Like that was going to be my job the more like the further I got into my adult life, the more and more I felt this draw and this need to be an entrepreneur. And I struggled for so long to see how those two things could connect and how I would be able to quote unquote do both at the same time. And so even when I was working at, at a church full time, you know, I still found myself, you know, picking up side jobs here and there because I just couldn't let it go. I couldn't, I couldn't not do it. <laughs> and uh, it just got to the point that I had stepped away from a church position and I was kind of looking at some other churches and nothing was working out. And, and at first I'm like, oh, like I'm frustrated. I thought I was supposed to keep working up the corporate ladder in the church world, you know, and <laughs> can, I, can I just ask go to you, a bigger church. And, yeah, Sam, just before you, I'm actually curious because all I know of if you work at a church is you're basically a priest, I'm assuming, and you were trying to work your way up the priesthood. Is What kind of jobs were you doing at the church? 
great question. Yeah. So I was actually creative director or music director. And so the churches that I was a part of were more modern or contemporary churches. So the music we would sing is, I wouldn't say the kind of stuff you'd hear on the radio, but it was more pop focused, more kind of rock and pop type influence music. So, you know, very much guitar, bass, drums, piano. And if you contrast that to a more traditional church, you know, organ and piano, there's a lot more technology and there's a lot more people that are involved. And so when I worked at the church, my job was really twofold. I was kind of the creative director in the sense of I was in charge of all the media. I was in charge of all the graphics. I was in charge of content in a sense. But then I was also a leader of, you know, the one position I had, uh, basically 50 to 60 volunteers that I was responsible for on a weekly basis. So, mm, Okay, so it doesn't sound like a terrible job. I mean, what was the part that <laughs> kept pulling you out of that world or you wanting to add to it? What was the need? I'm glad you asked that because I never felt like I was being pulled out of it. I just felt like I was being pulled in two different directions at the same time. And it wasn't like one more than the other. Like I wanted to be a part of that, that ministry because it was so important to my life. But then I also felt like, man, I feel like I'm supposed to start a business and build a business and do that. And, you know, if I can contrast that to where I'm at today, you know, right now I'm, I'm able to build my business and be very successful with that and support my family and support my church financially. But I'm also being able to be there as a volunteer and, you know, to me, the thing about my faith and ministry and, you know, many people think it's like, oh, yeah, you know, even to your question earlier, you know, they think, oh, if you work at a church, you know, you're a priest and you do this and you do that. And the truth is ministry is life. It's everything you do, every conversation you have, every action is a representation of who you are. And this goes beyond Christianity. I mean, any belief system you have, you know, your life is a representation of that. And I just became to realize more and more that my ability to, quote unquote, be in ministry had less to do with what I did with my day to day job and more to do with the life that I lived. And honestly, it's almost the same thing with entrepreneurship. You know, entrepreneurship isn't just you know, hey, I own my own job, but it's for me, like, I want to build wealth so I can give it away, but I also want to build a legacy so I can make an impact on the world. And for me, that's centered in my faith. But I always challenge entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter what you believe in, it doesn't matter what your belief system is, you have a belief system. And allowing that to penetrate into your business, regardless of what belief system it is, is just going to allow your business to be that much more impactful. Mm, okay. That's how I've been able to kind of resolve that conflict in the last few years. Okay, I understand. So it sounds like, yeah, you wanted to be a part of, or not even a part of the faith, you wanted to make sure that the faith was coming through what you did, be involved with the church. Exactly. But you also wanted the sense of control over your own, I guess, your own income, leaving your own legacy. So to do that independently. Yeah. So you had the entrepreneurial drive, but you didn't want to lose the belief in the religious faith you've got. And you want to sort of find a way to get both of those involved in your life. So maybe take me forward to the point where you discovered, <laughs> I feel very flattered here to have Rich Dad, Poor Dad and, and my blog profile's blueprint put to the same <laughs> in terms of how much they impacted yeah. you. Which of those came first and how did you even like, was there a sort of thought, okay, now I'm going to start looking for 
a business to start or did it happen kind of like just yeah. randomly? Yeah, it's such a good story. Right around the same time, my dad was, he had read Rich Dad Poor Dad. We read it together and, and it was just, you know, completely like complete mind shift. And Why did you get time, that? Sam, where did the book come into your life? Like your dad's life? How did that even show up? It's not necessarily a religious book. So, you know, where, how did it show up? No, no. You know, I don't remember like how it happened. I just remember he started reading it. And, you know, I'm one of three brothers. We're all similar in age. And so he's like, hey, you guys got to read this book. And we started reading it. And I know for him, you know, I think just mentally and emotionally, I think he was ready to move on. You know, running a machine shop is not easy. It's dirty. You're dealing with, it's blue collar. I mean, there's a lot of things about it that's not that my dad's glamorous, but I think there was something stirring in him that he was looking for the next thing. And I think reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, understanding the, this idea of passive income and, you know, the rich person mindset, so to speak, thinking like the rich, it just kind of put a shift in his mind and, and to the point that he decided to step down from his machine shop. My older brother took it over and he runs it today. And my dad said, all right. And he came to me and because the situation I was at in my life, I was kind of ready for the next thing. And, and he said, hey, let's build some passive income. Okay, we got real estate or we got online business. What do we want to do? Well, real estate typically requires money or something. We're not ready for that. So let's do online business. Okay, what does that look like? I don't know. Let's go online and figure it out. So that's literally what we did. We went to Google. We started searching for online business and all these things. And that's when we came across you and your program. And we were looking, you know, we were learning from guys like Rich Sheffrin and Yannick Silver. And to this day, when I say Yannick or Yarrow, my dad gets them interchanged. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) so it's just like, okay, there's all these things we could do. And, you know, of course, 10 years ago, the landscape was completely different. It was all about affiliate marketing and blogging was really starting to get more popular. And I said, I really, I like this. And, you know, especially when we downloaded the blueprint, I was just like, I really like this methodology, you know, because it's not just, you know, I ran across somebody that around the same time, he had 2000 websites, you know, uh, niche websites on all sorts of random subjects. And he's like, yeah, I'm building this business. And, you know, this one's making $2 a month and this one's making $5 a month. And I said, how is that a business? Like, <laughs> that seems miserable. Like, I it just didn't seem right for me. And so, you know, looking at your training and, you know, building an authority platform and all that kind of thing, I just gravitated towards that because it's kind of what resonated with us. Now, again, like I said, you know, we, (laughs) we weren't the best students in the sense that we never really got our own thing off the ground. And that's when I started freelancing because they said, well, you know, my blog's not working, so I might as well start helping this guy build his website. Cause I, I started appreciating the technology. I loved WordPress I love this design and so building the sites and and that's kind of what led me into where I'm at today. But uh, I just just wanted to touch on this concept you just said, which is I think a common one where people you know take a course. In this case, you took mine, and I'm teaching you how to build a blog. You start doing that, but you know for whatever reason, it's just not working for you. You're not turning it into a business, and that's that's common. But then you think, okay, I've gained some knowledge about this area. Maybe I could become a freelancer and do this for other people. Now, I have to ask you, though, how do you have the confidence and the belief to charge money for a service when you haven't been able to actually, you know, build your own business at the time? Like, that's totally fine. I understand you yeah, can provide yeah. value still, but you were a beginner. You would have had, I'm assuming, quite shaky self-confidence around this whole internet business thing. So to then go out into the world to say, listen, I can build your blog or whatever, you know, uh, that takes some kind of confidence from somewhere. So how did you kind of make that work from a mindset perspective? 
Oh, man, I love talking about this because people struggle so much with this idea that they're not good enough or they don't know enough or they're not an expert. And my challenge to them is, you know, there's two types of experts. There are people that are true experts, right? The Malcolm Gladwell, you know, you work 10,000 hours and then now you're an expert. But then, you know, you take a couple weeks or a couple months or even a couple days, depending on the topic, and you really dive deep and you really understand the concepts, you understand how it works, you're able to do it, you're able to make it happen. And at that point, there's a good chance to know more about that one topic than 99% of the world or more. And so your ability to go to someone and say, hey, I'm learning about this thing. I see that you need some help with this. I would love to help you out. I think I just assumed, and maybe this is just something natural to me, but I saw people that had a need and I saw that I could fulfill that need with these skills and experiences that I was developing. And I've been able to do that later in life too. So initially it was like, Hey, I can build a blog for you. I can build a website for you. You know, I had no idea what to charge. I charge a hundred dollars. I didn't know any better. Could you maybe take us through your, that first client? So you obviously realized you had a skill set you developed and you know, actually you've touched upon something yep. that I've considered in the past, I've often thought it would be almost easier to take a course and become a freelancer in many situations and actually, you know, trying to build a business because it's easier to pick up a skill set, which you can then do for others than necessarily spend the two years it takes to build yeah. an authority blog, for example. So, but I'd like to know, so right. you, you realized, okay, your own product's not taking off, need to make a living or, you know, some sort of side income to what you're doing with the church. How did you get your first client? Right. What did you offer them? And yeah, like you said, how did you come up with pricing and, and uh, you know, all those sorts of newbie things? <laughs> my first client was actually my brother. So by this time, he had kind of taken over the machine shop for my dad and they needed a new website. Their original website was like straight up 100% HTML, you know, coded on, I don't know, Dreamweaver or something. And keep in mind, my family lives in a very rural area you're 45 minutes away from the closest Walmart or Target, you know, which in, in America, you know, 90% of people live within 30 minutes of a metro area or something like that. So it's very sparse. I mean, there's like 10, 20,000 people in the entire county. And so the types of B2B businesses are like the company that was quoting them a new website, you know, they do telephones and they do computers. And they, I mean, it's just like they're kind of an all-in-one shop. And they were going to build a site on like Google sites and they wanted to charge them like $600. And I said, well, first of all, that thing looks ugly. And second of all, you should be on WordPress. And you know what? I'll do it for 300. <laughs> and he said, okay, great. <laughs> you know, we were going through your course and we were trying to build some of our own authority sites. And so I'd already gotten two or three or four sites under my belt. I knew what plugins to use. We found this steam that allowed you to adjust a lot of design elements on the front end. So I didn't have to really learn a lot of code. And I was really good at Google. So if I didn't know what to do, I would find it. That's what I did. I did that site and I just kept doing more and more. Learning more about email marketing. I worked at a business that needed it. When I left that job, they called me up and said, hey, we still need you to do this. I said, great, 500 bucks a month. They said, awesome, let's do it. And so it was just kind of like starting to realize that I had a skill set and I could actually monetize it. And, you know, while I was perpetually working on my own kind of brand and authority. So. so it sounds like a lot of your first initial freelance customers were just your classic small town word of mouth scenario. Definitely. 
Yeah, and I will never underestimate the power of networking. And I learned this very early on and really around that time, how important it was for me to be connected to other people. You know, 10 years ago, it was a lot, it was still very heavy on in-person relationships. And obviously, you know, in a church community, there's a lot of connection there, but I would go to different meetups, you know, people I knew from my college, from university and you know, just putting the word out there, like let people know who you are and they're going to find you. And that's the same, whether you run an authority site or you're a service provider, like just, it was just letting people know that, Hey, I can actually do this. Like, by the way, and people would be like, Oh, you build websites. I'm like, yeah, I've been doing it for three years. But, but if you don't say anything about it, no one's going to know about it. So networking was huge for me. And even to this day, even as I went from like building websites to more digital marketing services and much, much larger packages, if you go to our website today, it's not that good, but you know, we've been able to continue to build our business through word of mouth referral. And I would say we've been blessed in that regard that we're still kind of barefooted shoemakers, but I would say it's a testament to our clients. Like I want them to be first and foremost, make sure they have the best image, the best website, the best marketing. And, you know, when we get around to it, we'll do our own, but we've been able to build it so far. So, yeah, it's, it's actually a really good point. How, what you really need is to show how good the work is you've done for clients is not necessarily for yourself. Like people get caught up. Oh, I can't go get customers until I've got the the perfect website or the the perfect funnel or the, you know, whatever. But really the smart thing to do is go out there and get a client, do the perfect service for them first and lead with your customers. Because if you can show a portfolio of work you've done, that's going to get more clients than necessarily, you know, it's nice to have your own good, you know, presentation as well. That's something that comes eventually, but it's a lot more important to have clients. So well, take us forward. So you're freelancing, I'm assuming you're still, you're working in the church and and this is a side project. So how does it go to, I think when you emailed me, you said your agency's done, it was doing like 300 to half a million a year in business at one point. Is that right? That's our goal for this year. <laughs> right. Okay. So what, what yeah. was the last year's sort of numbers? What were you doing? Yeah. So if you don't mind talking really about started, <laughs> No, no, not at all. We really started building it in 2016. So sometime, oh, actually about two years ago now, Smart Web Ninja was effectively born. And when we kind of relaunched, if I could put it this way, so up until that point, I really kind of freelanced anything and everything. And actually, one of the reasons I feel like I never was able to build a business I wanted is because I was a jack of all trades. I mean, I was doing everything from building websites to, you know, doing social media and video production. I mean, just everything. And it just, I wasn't good at any of it. And I said, I can't do this anymore. And so, you know, we came across Dan Norris fellow Aussie of Mm, yours. mm. At the time, he had this company called WP Curve, and they were offering WordPress website support for like a hundred bucks a month. And also he had kind of this, he called it the seven-day business setup challenge or something where he was kind of helping entrepreneurs just kind of start a business. And his story kind of rekindled that passion in me to like, all right, I can do this. I can actually build a business and not just be a random freelancer. And so that's what I did. I said, we're going to do this WordPress website support business. And that's how we started. We had packages from $50 a month up to 200. And of course, our prices are more now. But, you know, so 2016, I think our total revenue was like $20,000 or something. I mean, at the time, I was doing sales at an IT company. You know, I had a good job in that sense. So last year, we said, all right, we want to do more than just WordPress support, you know, because if we want to be a million dollar business and we're only selling this at $100 a month, that's 10,000 clients. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a lot of clients. Like, I don't want 10,000 
clients. Like I want like a hundred and I'm like, okay, well let's flip the switch then. If I want a hundred clients, I got to be charging them a thousand dollars a month or $10,000 a month or whatever to get to, you know, a million dollars in sales. Mm -hmm. So, so we started pursuing more and more digital marketing. I had the experience with a lot of it, you know, with email marketing and social media, but about a year ago, we specifically started focusing more on funnels, marketing funnels and Facebook ads. And much like I did when I started out building websites, I took about two months and I really dove deep into reconnecting myself with these different systems and technologies and tactics and skills. And I kind of put the word out there. I said, hey, we're building this part of our business. And we actually offered to work with a couple people for some free trials. So like we'd run a campaign for them for two weeks. We'd say we do a completely free charge. The only thing we ask is that you cover the ad spend and you give us a testimonial at the end of it. And so we did a couple of those. And so last year we started building more and more of the marketing retainer business. And I think by the end of the year, our revenue was, I don't know, somewhere between 70 and 90,000. We kind of had some unofficial things that weren't within the official business. So there's like two or three different entities we're working out a long story. But then at that point, it's like, all right, well, I'm full time now. And we're getting to the point where my business partner would be able to kind of come full time. And so, yeah, like that told you, you know, this year we're definitely on track to do, you know, 300 to 500,000 annual revenue. And all the while, you know, working on remaining profitable and building a business that, that will sustain our, you know, provide for our families, but also, you know, provide really good services to our clients. So, yeah, it's been a crazy ride. <laughs> so where does the Christian entrepreneur community come into this? Because it sounds like you've had to kind of, you know, you're, you're still very much in the startup phase for a, an agency. So what's the connection? Yeah, well, like I said, I connected with Sean Quintero online about a year ago. And he had this Facebook group for Christian entrepreneurs. And, you know, 2017 was the heyday for, still is, but like Facebook groups were just exploding. People were realizing that not only were they great places to find community around specific topics, but also as businesses and entrepreneurs, they're a great way to build an audience and build a community and, and be able to monetize that community. You know, they were becoming the new email, so to speak. And so I saw what he was doing with that group. And, you know, going back to my story and how I kind of had the struggle of like business and ministry and, and how are they supposed to relate when I kind of went, kind of fell into his group and seeing how he was able to connect the dots and have this community that kind of does that. I just bought in. I said, I've been trying to do this for years and I couldn't, I just couldn't come up with it. And here it is. And so I, like I said, I approached him. I said, Hey man, love what you're doing. I'm going to be a customer. You know, I'm going to be a member, but if there's anything else I can do for the community, let me know. He also runs his own digital marketing agency. And so initially we were kind of talking about maybe, you know, doing some, you know, he's really good at copywriting. I was really good at Facebook ads. So, you know, we kind of talked about doing work for each other and it just kind of led to him inviting me into being a partner um, in the, well, at the time it was called Wealthier You, but what is now known as the Christian Entrepreneur Academy. And at the time it was still kind of in beta. Like he had done some coaching with some people and, and he felt like he wanted to move from this like one-on-one -on -one coaching to membership site model, you know, where we can kind of provide coaching and education and community all kind of within this area. We, you know, multiple classes, multiple courses available, and yeah, and so we, you know, over the last eight months, we've been kind of 
building that and doing kind of beta launches. And I mean, I mentioned briefly that it used to be called Wealthier You. And, you know, although the name has a really strong meaning, which I won't get into right now, but it was kind of confusing. If I just walked up to someone and said, hey, I'm part of the Wealthier You community, the word wealth has a lot of negative kind of connotations for a lot of people. It took too much time for us to have to explain what it was and for people to understand what was actually in the community. And so that's when we kind of started talking about, well, maybe we should probably rebrand this a little bit and just be like, what are we? Like, well, we're Christian, we're entrepreneurs, and we're kind of building this membership area. So let's call it the Christian Entrepreneur Academy. Yeah, so that's kind of what we're doing. As we're recording this, we're literally in the process of rebranding. I'm sure by the time this is released, it'll hopefully all be kind of smoothed over and we'll kind of have a relaunch going on. But yeah, it's mm. been a journey. So when you're going to look into a market like you know the Christian entrepreneur space, it's, I guess, a sub-niche yeah. of just your general entrepreneurship space. But how do you, sure. or yeah. how, I mean, maybe because you didn't necessarily start the Facebook group, but you're now that you're involved in this new online membership area how do you go and get in front of this audience because i mean i know how to get in front of entrepreneurs but christian entrepreneurship is a little bit more sub-niche so what's the sort of strategy there yeah i'm glad you asked and i think this is why i struggled with it for so long because in the church world you know again kind of tying to that word wealth you know it's in certain groups and certain circles it's not always popular to be an entrepreneur or to be successful or to be wealthy and and so there never really was a community for people that felt like they're part of both the entrepreneur community as well as the Christian community. And the distinction to me, and I wouldn't say this is a distinction specifically to Christianity, but people that have a strong sense of faith or a strong sense of conviction, you know, people that, that are very, very in tune to things like honesty and integrity and accountability and honor and respect. You know, these are tenets of the Christian faith, but just any faith in general. And as you very well know, I'm sure, like in the, especially in the online world, you know, there's just a lot of deceit. There's a lot of sleaze. There's a lot of falsity. There's a lot of just stuff that just is kind of yucky. And (laughs) to put it nicely. And, you know, so for somebody like me, I'm like, I can't buy into that. You know, I've bought courses from people and not you, but I've bought courses from other people. And I'm just like, I don't tell people that I'm in this community because I don't want to be associated with him. You know, the way he talks, you know, people that are like, for example, I'm a huge fan of Gary Vee. I think his message is important for, you know, the millennial community, especially. But, you know, at times it's hard to listen to because he's so vulgar. And then there's people that are just dirty vulgar, like not just cussing or cursing, but like. They're pigs. I just, I can't connect to those people. And then I started realizing, like, I'm not alone. Like, there's a community out there. There's a community of entrepreneurs that are building businesses specifically online. They're coaches, they're consultants, they're providing services, but yet they have a code. They have a code. And, you know, for us, it's tied into our faith in Christianity. But for anyone, like, there's a sense of, like, I don't want to do things that way. I want to do things with purpose. I want to do things with integrity. I want to do things with honor and respect and accountability. And, you know, people are certain for that. I mean, we have a Facebook group, a free Facebook group called Christian Entrepreneurs Building Your Business with Purpose. And, you know, right now we're somewhere between 3,500 and 4,000 members. And I mean, we get 50 to 100 requests a week. And the thing we hear more, the most more than anything is, my goodness, I've been looking for this group. Like, I've been searching for a Christian entrepreneur community. And like, 
it's not out there. It's a, you know, so if you think about if you, I can't remember who wrote the book, but you know, the concept of the red ocean and the blue ocean, mm-hmm. you know, Christian entrepreneurism, completely dark blue ocean from business perspective. I'm like, well, there's obviously an opportunity there. You have an amazing community with the Laptop Lifestyle Academy. And I have friends like you and I have a mutual friend with Rachel Peterson. She's got Social Media United. And, you know, there's the Screw to 9 to 5 community. And there's, you know, Stu McLaren's got his, you know, there's a lot of groups out there. So when you put us in that general entrepreneur world, it's like, well, that's a red ocean. (laughs) We're not the only membership out there that's teaching people how to grow business online. But to do it through the lens and through the filter of our faith, there's a huge group of people out there that are looking for that and want that because for them, you know, and this isn't for everyone clearly, but for those people, their faith like me is central to their life and it's central to their business and it's central to who they are, you know? And so not just the fact that there's an opportunity there, but there was a need there and a need for that community to be served. And that's the same vision that Sean Quintero had when he first started the group. And so when I saw it, when I became a part of it, I said, I have to be a part of this because I feel at home. I actually bought a domain like six years ago called Worshippreneur, right? Worship as in like church worship mm-hmm. and then preneur, you get it. And I never did anything with it. So I've been struggling with this like, concept for years. And I feel like I finally found it where there's this community of people that understand that you can be an entrepreneur and you can have your faith and it's okay, you know, and we're teaching people that it's okay. And we're bringing scripture into, into our teaching. And, and it's not a theology class. I mean, we, in fact, if people come into our group and they start preaching and they start throwing theology, think we just get rid of that stuff. Cause it's not the purpose of the group. We're very much focused on business. We're very much focused on, you know, marketing and growing, but it's kind of through that lens, you know? So mm. It's been so freeing for me and, and our community. And I mean, there's people that come and they're like, you know what? You know, I don't need the training. I don't really need the coaching, but I'm here for this community. And some people do need the training. Some people do need the coaching, but it's just been amazing to see that community build and grow. So mm. I can hear your passion coming out, Sam. This is clearly the area you enjoy the most. <laughs> Maybe just to yeah. s- sort of wrap it up here as a kind of a final question. Yeah, of course. And this is something I don't really fully grasp, but I kind of get a touch for it. For the people who are listening to this, who I guess are your target market in a lot of ways, maybe not necessarily from the Christian faith, but any kind of person coming to entrepreneurship with a some kind of, I guess, like a sticking point, like a there's something that agitates them about being an entrepreneur because they feel like it clashes with their faith. Because I'm assuming that's kind of the hard part to deal with, or that's the thing that can hold entrepreneurs back. Is it because like to go after money is greedy or like what is the hang up and that you find most of these faith based people have to come up against and how do they get over it? to actually build successful businesses? Yeah, I can speak to the Christianity because that's where I come from, but it's certainly this idea that, you know, it's not, there's a stigma that, you know, being wealthy and being successful, like, is not good. Like, you're supposed to be poor and you're not supposed to make a ton of money and you're not supposed to drive a nice car and you're not supposed to buy a nice house and, you know, you're supposed to just kind of, it's conservatism, it's traditionalism, and it exists in every community in the world in every faith. And, you know, I just think it's this idea that, you know, you're not supposed to be successful. And the truth is, you know, and again, speaking to Christianity, if you look in the scripture, you look in the Bible, it's very clear that to me that, you know, God wants us to be successful. In fact, there's a scripture, it's Deuteronomy 8, 18, and I'm totally paraphrasing here and it's probably botching it, but it's essentially saying like, 
God wants to bless you to be wealthy. He wants to give you that because for me, one of the core philosophies of our community, our business is, you know, we want to build wealth so that we can give it away. And I wish people understood how important it is to be successful because if you look at people like Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, you know, like place. when they die, they're going to give 99% of their wealth away to organizations and nonprofits. And, you know, the truth is like the world needs help. There's people all over the place that need help. There's people that are suffering and dying and hungry and, and whatever. And, you know, I can't help them unless I have resources. You know, if I just stay in this little, like I'm just working this small little job and, you know, for some people, that's what they're supposed to do. But I felt called to something greater. I felt called to something that was way beyond me. You know, first and foremost, I want to provide for my family. I don't want my wife to worry. I don't want my kids to grow up wondering when they're going to eat or anything like that, you know, but be Beyond that, like, I just want to help the world. In fact, you know, with our Christian Entrepreneur Academy, we give away at least 10% of our profits to a number of organizations, including there's one in particular in, in Romania that deals with human trafficking, you know, and they're saving girls off the streets and giving them a new life. And like, if that's the fruits of my labor, then I'll tell you what, I'm going to work 80 hours a week, 100 hours a week to the day I die if it means that, you know, one more person, one more girl in the streets of Romania is able to get off the streets and change their life. Or, you know, I'm able to feed one more child in Africa or, you know, even in my local community, I'm able to help people in my local community, my neighbors and my friends, you know, in ways that I wouldn't be able to had I not been able to build a successful business or build a successful, you know, authority brand. So, you know, to me, being altruistic and being benevolent, that's my challenge to everyone, you know, whether they're a Christian or not, whether they have a faith or not, they might be agnostic, but you have a belief system and you care about people. If you don't care about people, you know what, you're not going to listen to the word I say anyway. But if you care about people and you care about, you know, you want to help, to me, the best way that I can help, and this isn't for everyone, but to me and the people that are part of our community and the people that are attracted to our communities, is just trying to find a way to help and they want to know that it's okay. And so our message is, you know, it's okay to be successful. It's okay to build that platform and build wealth because that's going to allow you to just give more and be more and leave a bigger legacy for not only your family, but for the world. So... Fantastic point to end on. Thank you, Sam. Um, yeah, I, I think I love the uh, the idea of abundance, so you can give away abundance. That's it's a great concept. Yep. So, what is the maybe the best website? So if people want to join this, maybe the Facebook group or or your your community, where should you send people to? Yeah, no, great question. So, as I said, we're as this is being recorded, we're literally in the process of rebranding. In fact, as of yet, we don't have a domain <laughs> for the new <laughs> the new bit brand. But to join our free group, this one will always stay this same. So if you want to join our Christian Entrepreneur Group on Facebook, the domain is www.818crew.com. That's the number is 818 and then the word crew. So it's www.818crew.com. And Yar, I'll send that to you afterwards so you kind of have the written version of that. That'll redirect to our Facebook group. That's the best way to get into our Christian Entrepreneur community to find out more about what we do. And and for me, I'm, I'm on uh, most social media platforms as Samuel Hodgett. And I'm more than happy to connect with anyone and share my experiences, you know, give back to so Awesome. Well, thank you, Sam, for sharing the story and uh, what you're doing currently. I appreciate that. And, and good luck with everything you're up to. It seems like we're catching you as you're kind of moving towards really focusing on ultimately this connection that you've always wanted, the, the faith and entrepreneurship. So that's great to see. Yeah, though, I appreciate the invite. It's been great to share my story. Thanks, Sam. You bet. 
Hey, this is Yarrow again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Before you go, would you mind taking one minute of your day to leave a review for the EJ podcast? That will help this podcast to reach more entrepreneurs like you and also allow me to continue to conduct these fantastic interviews. To leave your review, all you have to do is open up your iTunes app, find the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast, and then click the review button to type in a short review and leave your five-star ranking. I'd really appreciate that. Thanks again for taking the time to do this, and I'll talk to you again on the next episode. Here's a sneak peek for the next episode. Everything atrophies. There's diminishing returns no matter what. If you don't keep maintaining or growing things, they naturally go backwards. They reduce. So your traffic will go backwards if you stop producing any content. You know, you stop that podcast, you stop that YouTube channel, you stop writing new blog posts. Eventually, you're going to be replaced by other people's content. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. The original Entrepreneur Interview Podcast established in 2005. For more episodes, head over to ejpodcast.com. See you next time.